Welcome to Armchair Preaching, a podcast of the First Presbyterian Church in Lakeland, Florida. This is a podcast about God's Word, the beauty of the gospel, and what it takes to communicate that truth to others. I'm your host, Pastor Zach McGowan, and on today's episode of Armchair Preaching, I'm flying solo, but I am going to unpack our message in the series, Unreasonable Joy. We hope you enjoy this episode. Everybody, and welcome back to Armchair Preaching. Today, a little different um, in the armchair. Um, Pastor John is not with me today, even though he preached the sermon this past Sunday. Um, but he has had a family emergency he's had to attend to. Um, he's okay. Uh, Seal is okay. His wife's okay. But uh, he's not in the armchair. And uh, But I did want to um, take a, a moment and just talk about you know this week's um, messages um, in in our series um, called "Unreasonable Joy." Uh, this this has been a, uh, a wonderful series because we're dealing with such a important passage of uh, scripture, important text of scripture, Philippians, uh, the letter to the Philippians by the Apostle Paul, and uh, you know I, I was talking to some folks um, in the last several weeks and saying that this. You know, this is one of their favorite books of the Bible, and and it's easy to understand why uh, it's one of people's favorite books in the Bible for lots of reasons. First of all, it's uh, fairly uh, brief. You know, just just four chapters. You could read it in in about. 20 minutes if you're a slow reader, and about 10 minutes or 15 minutes if you're a quick reader. Uh, But you can also kind of resonate with the desire for joy. I said this in my very first uh, week in this series that you know, we are all in the process of pursuing joy, pursuing happiness. It's even, you know, one of the lines in our founding documents that that every person is guaranteed life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. And so, when you hear a passage or you hear a, a book of the Bible that that is actually elevating the concept of joy, the concept of, of happiness, um, it, it's, it's going to catch us, right? It's going to be a very... Uh, um, important thing to kind of understand. If we say as followers of Jesus Christ, we want to experience joy, then reading the book of Philippians and studying the book of Philippians is is probably a, a good place to start. And uh, so, that's why I understand folks that say this is their, you know, their favorite book of the Bible or their favorite, favorite book of the New Testament. Um, for the record, I, I love the book of Philippians. Um, I, I think it's an incredibly important uh, book and incredibly important for us to understand. It's not my favorite book of the Bible. Uh, most people who've listened to the podcast or listened to my sermons or listened to me teach, you know, my favorite book of the Bible is the book of Genesis. My second favorite book of the Bible is the book of John. And a lot of it has to do with how Jesus um, kind of lives into or embodies and enacts the 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 new the new birth. And there's a lot of Genesis kind of terminology and, and imagery in John's gospel. Um, but even if you look at the book of Genesis, and you look at the book of, of John, you know, there is this, this through line that, that attaches itself to 
the book of Philippians because the context of Philippians is so radically important. You know, that that Paul is writing from a prison cell, uh, a Roman prison cell, whether he's in Rome or, he, or he's in uh, Caesarea Maritima, Caesarea by the sea, and scholars debate that, but it's not, you know, it's not, it's not a resort, you know, it's not a five-star resort. He's in a Roman prison and, and yet, he has this desire for uh, to communicate the importance of joy. And when you look at, you know, the book of Genesis, for example, you see, you know, the promise of God to someone like Abraham, uh, Abraham, who is childless, married to uh, an, a woman who's in uh, 90 by the time we, we reach, we, we get to know her. And uh, yet they have no, um, they have no, uh, uh, basis for for their legacy, their future, and for them that that was a great source of disappointment. Yet God shows up in their midst and promises them a a new life, uh, a land, a, a family, a family that will grow into a great nation. And he he asks them for for several years to just trust that promise and to find joy literally in that promise, even though that promise uh, doesn't seem. To, like it's going to play out until much later in the book of Genesis, but but you see how that that concept of joy in the midst of uh, joyless circumstances. One of the things I'm going to talk about this this week coming up in the in the sermon that I'm going to preach in classic is this idea of the joyless circumstances. You know that the the moments when it does not make sense to talk about or or experience or express joy of any kind or happiness of any kind. So that's really where where Paul is writing from, you know, this joyless circumstance and he's asking himself, he's asking the people around him uh, that are ministering to him in prison, he's asking the people in Philippi to trust the promise of God that's been um that's been communicated most clearly through the person and work of Jesus Christ. And, and he knows it's an uphill battle because of what they're, they're facing. They're facing their own sets of persecution, and yet he can say to them, uh, have joy. And this past week's message in Philippians 2 was, was kind of a, an extension of the previous week's message uh, from Philippians 2, where we really focused on the humiliation of Jesus and the glorification of Jesus. And then Paul writes in Philippians 2, verse 12, therefore, um, as you've always obeyed, not only in my presence, but now much more in my absence, work out your salvation with fear and trembling, for it's God who works in you both to will and to work for his good pleasure. And both John and I mentioned the importance of understanding that work out your salvation with fear and trembling is not the same as working for your salvation. Uh, Something that's going to come up in Philippians 3 is that you have this series of Judaizers who, and uh, basically teachers who told, who, who who said to the Christians, the early Christians, that hey, Jesus is great, Jesus is wonderful, but if you really want salvation, you've got to be a Jew first, and all of that entails circumcision and dietary restrictions and you know calendar observances and things like that. That's not what Paul is talking about in Philippians two when he says to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. It's it's to work out and understand the implications of that uh, that salvation. What does it mean for Jesus to um, actually 
love us so much that he would die for us. And that changes the perspective of a, of a person. And so the big point of this week's, this past week's message was, was really in, in verse 14. And, and John really said, Hey, the, the, the whole message can be summed up with two words, stop complaining, you know, because that's what Paul talks about in Philippians 2.14, do all things without grumbling or disputing. And, you know, we we have a tendency to be complainers. Uh, um, I loved one of the things I didn't put in my message that John put in his message was the idea that, that the people of God were notorious complainers, you know, even in the book of Exodus. After God has rescued them and, and made them uh, a free people, he, he, he feeds them in the wilderness. He gives them food to drink. They constantly are complaining, constantly kind of grumbling against Moses, grumbling against Aaron, grumbling against their circumstances, even though they had been enslaved, even though they had been under the thumb of a, a really tyrannical dictator called Pharaoh. And it's easy for us... I think looking back on the people of Exodus and think, um, what were they thinking? You know, they were enslaved. I mean, how do they, where do they get off, you know, complaining against the God who's, who's rescued them? We would, we would never do that. And yet Paul, when he's bringing up the Philippians in Philippians 2, 14, after he's talked about the greatness of Jesus Christ and, and what Jesus was willing to give up on our behalf and for our sake, uh, he 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 points to the Philippians and said they're doing the same thing and and we do the same thing, you know we have this salvation from Jesus Christ we have this forgiveness of sins we have this grace that's been shown to us in sacrificial ways and yet when we look at our lives we think it's not enough you know it's not enough the blessings are not enough the goodness is not enough the the love is not enough the grace is not enough we don't have the blessings and and that we think we deserve and we fail to realize the depth of the blessings of God um, that he's already shown us in salvation. It's, it's just, we complain. We're, we're very much like the people in Exodus. I love that John put that in his message um, this, this, past, uh, this past Sunday. And for me, it was really helping us to see that we are complainers. The whole concept of us kind of complaining once a minute in, in a common uh, conversation I noticed this even, even in myself, and so you know the the the, the implications of this uh, this message are really simple, you know, and yet very difficult. Um, to just say stop complaining is 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 really what Paul is talking about, but it's 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 more than that. It's stop complaining because you know it's it's stop grumbling. Um, it, in muttering to yourself, it stopped disputing with other people because of what Jesus has done for us. Because Jesus is not one who counted his own rights and his own desires as more important than our salvation. And so, the 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 heart of our complaining, the heart of our grumbling, the heart of our discontentedness is really the fact that we minimize the gift that, that God has given us, the, the gift that Jesus has has shown us. And and I think for me, if I um you know look at the 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 passage of scripture and, and what it really what it really um means, um there there is a real um 
need for myself to constantly go back to the work of Jesus and what he's done and, and be reminded of that, especially when I feel that temptation to, to complain, uh, to grumble. And, um, you know, John, John said in his message, you know, we, we've got to repent and replace, you know, repent when we have that grumbling, when we have that sense of, of disputing, when we have that sense of argument, when we have that sense of, of, you know, what we're experiencing in this life is not enough. Repent of that because it's minimizing the goodness uh, of God's work for us and then replace it with prayer and uh, with gratitude. And so that is, um, I think, it's important because the the prayer and the gratitude is really seated in um, what Jesus has done and and the the good and perfect gifts that He's given us. And so I think it's you know I just wanted to recap that for us today. Uh, uh, next next week um, I will probably be in the armchairs with. Uh, with Ed Diaz, who is um, going to be pitch hitting for pa- for Pastor John in Vine service, I'll be in the classic service. But uh, um, if you have any questions or comments, please don't hesitate to email me. My email address is zach z a c at fpclakeland.org. If you have any questions about this week's messages or any message, or if you just have a question about uh, preaching in general, what it takes to to get up on a Sunday morning, um, the things that we have to overcome, please don't hesitate to email z ac at fpclakeland.org. I know there's a lot of folks listening um, that have been listening from our congregation. want to say a thank you for those that have been with us um, on this journey for now 120-ish episodes. And uh, we look forward to being back together next week, probably with Ed Diaz in the armchair, and then we'll get back with Pastor John uh, the week after that. Um, If you've missed any one of the messages in our sermon series, uh, Unreasonable Joy, or any of our series, feel free to head to fpclakeland.org, click on the worship page in the sermon archive tab. You can watch complete messages. And if you've missed any one of the episodes of Armchair Preaching, uh, we do invite you, I do invite you, encourage you to uh, check us out on Apple Podcasts, uh, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, or SoundCloud. The big thing is if you hit that subscribe button, uh, you'll be notified when new episodes drop. Uh, it gives you an opportunity to leave us uh, a like, a review. Um, different platforms do it a different way. And that helps other people find not just the podcast, but helps uh, helps other people find uh, the messages that, we, that, that God gives us on a Sunday morning, pointing people back to Jesus Christ. But we encourage you to do that. Uh, thank you guys once again. I apologize that it's just me in the armchair today, um, but uh, felt like it was important just for us to unpack this, and um, we'll uh, see everybody again next time.